This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. We're so excited. We're always excited that every time. Are we we excited? No, because we weren't. We, let's be honest. Let's like be honest about what's happening. Okay. I'm excited now because. This has been rough. We have been starting to struggle with the podcast. Well, I think creating the the expectation to create content consistently can be overwhelming, especially when there's just a lot going on. There's a lot going on. There's so many different fucking avenues. There's so many opinions. There's so many goddamn Instagram therapists. Like, it is, this is actually way more pressure than we thought it was going to be. And we, the past few weeks, have sort of been like, oh, like, we don't want to do the podcast anymore. This is not, like, feeling like us. We feel like we lost ourselves. So today's episode, back to us. It's just gonna, the two of us. We're going to do personal versus professional. We're going to go back. Let's fucking back OG to this. Roots. We're going back to our goddamn roots. First episode style. <laughs> and we're going to see how it goes and see how we feel. This episode, we really wanted to talk about destigmatizing medication. Medication. Let's talk meds. Now, here's our reminder, which is we're not psychiatrists. Yes. We're not, we're not this gonna, is a disclaimer. We yes. are not doctors. So we're not going to talk about what's the right med for you. We do not know. And you probably don't know either. So that's why we're going to have the conversation. But what we want to talk about is the two most common things we hear, which is one, people coming in saying, I want to do this without meds. And then the other side is that people saying, I'll take meds, but I won't go to therapy. So (laughs) there is a disconnect. Right. And what we know is these two things work best together. Blended. Blended. (laughs) I love that movie. You do? How have we never talked about it? Because you know I'm a closeted Drew Barrymore fan. Uh, oh, you are, right. I forgot you about forgot that. You forgot a closeted Drew Barrymore fan. Like, obsessed with Drew okay. Barrymore. Okay, Blended is maybe <laughs> one of the most underrated movies. That's a lot of Adam Sandler stuff, though. It A hundred percent. But I think a lot of them are overrated. I, I'm not like, overrated. Are a, you a lot of them are, are rated just, appropriately. Are you tell me Billy Madison is overrated? No, no, no. Love Billy Madison. Love all this. I'm saying Blended it has it's not. Just under, yes. Okay, that's fair. No one's been giving it any sort of. It is of, hilarious. Yes. Blended, okay. But we're talking about is blending therapy and meds. <laughs> Which is necessary. Which is necessary. And let's go into that. Let's talk a little bit about, and, and I think it's important for us to talk about our own experience with meds. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter we want to admit is that a lot of people have really shitty experiences. A lot of people, their first medication experience is in high school. Meds are not tested on teenagers. Yes. And it's bad. And especially for people that are having suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation, they go on a med and it's just so exacerbated. So I think once you've had that negative experience, it's like, I can never put this in my body again. And also certain medications work for certain people. Exactly, and, not and others. It's diff- right, yeah. and so it's different for everyone. And I think it's it's almost like when you go to a therapist one time and you have a really bad experience and, and you're, you're like, like never, oh, I'm never going to therapy Therapy doesn't work again. for me. Right. Therapy doesn't work. So here, so let's remember with everything – Black and white thinking is not helpful. Right. Right. This is what we talk about is dichotomous thinking. It's the cognitive distortion. And when we say that, meds don't work for me, therapy doesn't work for me. Well, those experiences sound really difficult. Really and what hard. I'm hearing when people say that is you feel 
like there's a fear of you're too fucked up to be to the for therapy to work or you're too broken without it being something different or, or, these, or medication's going to make it worse it's going to make it worse way. Yeah, it's not helpful and then there's also still stigma right associated that doesn't go away and also and then let's talk about the other very real thing which is you can go and get it from your gp the reality is a ton of people don't have one insurance two don't have for anyone in the united states remember we suck um so i know some people listening are in the united states it's horrible here um but right so a lot of people don't have insurance yeah. people that do have insurance a lot of millennials don't have primary care doctors uh, absolutely i think that's i didn't get i honestly did not have a primary care doctor until one of my friends became a nurse practitioner (laughs) and then you got one and I was like now you're my I was like thank god I have a primary care doctor so so a lot of people where we start getting meds is from our GP or from our PCP um and and psychiatry appointments are so expensive that it's also so yeah so let's talk about that so if you're paying out of pocket your initial cost is typically eight hundred dollars on average and that is to get a pretty reasonable appointment in the next week or so now if you want to go through insurance which is much more reasonable cost there is like month long, Wait. months long waiting list. Yep. So people get stuck between two. One, can I even afford to do this? Two, can I wait to do this? And three, fuck it. I'll keep just white knuckling it, grinning and bearing it because that's the only way to survive. Right. And and it's hard to make that change. And also, if you're starting, if you start a medication, you have a bad reaction to it, you know, part of the reason why it's easy to just say okay well fuck this i'm not going to take medication in general is because it's scary to keep trying of course it's not easy same to same thing trying. with a new therapist exactly it's scary it's vulnerable you kind of you have to really be present with yourself to be like how is this affecting me and also medications can take weeks to months to and have really get into your system yeah and during that time can have really bad side effects to go through that over and over again trying different medications what? tell can me be, let's yeah. be honest for yes. a second What's the number one side effect you hear people are scared of? Gaining weight. Gaining weight. Or sexual side effects. Right. Okay. So here's the two most most significant things we hear. I don't want to gain weight, yeah. which is a whole other conversation about all of our internalized fat phobia. Yeah. And what would that mean to have stable mental health where you're content and happy in your life, but weigh a little bit more, right? Like that's like literally what people are saying. Yes. The other very real one is I already, my depression or my anxiety is already having me to have very low arousal and um, low desire. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go on some med that could essentially eradicate it. Take and it that's, away. that's real. I mean, that's a very real thing that could happen. Absolutely. And there, there absolutely are side effects to yes. different medications. It's something to talk to your psychiatrist or doctors about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, it's not a reason to completely avoid meds altogether if it's something that could really, really help you. Yes. I can't tell you how often I've had people that come in, avoid, 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 don't want to do meds, don't want to do meds, eventually end up going on them and they say to me, why did I suffer for so long? I have I have seen clients for years before yeah. they decided they wanted to go on meds, and it was so life changing. Yeah, for a lot, it changed our work too. It's the thing is the thing. Part of the reason why medication can be really helpful is like the physical side of the phys- the physical ways that like anxiety, depression can affect you. Right, mm-hmm. like 
Some of us just have are, have a chemical imbalance. It's yeah. genetic, and and right. So we're sitting here talking about anxiety, and depression, but there's also a million other things: Absolutely. bipolar, schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder. There's all of these different diagnoses that medications are incredibly important for. Right. But I think that there, interestingly enough, there's like less of a stigma of taking your meds if the diagnosis is bipolar or schizophrenia or something, because like, oh well, you really need that. But if it's depression or anxiety, I should be able to just get over this on my own. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince, from their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50, to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash shrink chicks and you know you know what i equate it to and often describe this to clients is if you if you struggle with migraines for mm-hmm. example no one would ever say oh well you should just try to not take any medication for that <laughs> right no you should try to just manifest that on your own <laughs> feeling yes. best manifest i brought it out i can't you should try to just figure that out on your own because yeah. clearly it's a deficit on your part exactly you're yeah. doing something be wrong. stronger no one would ever say that if you had migraines if you struggle with anything physical mm-hmm. and 
it is the same thing. Some of us, just as I said, some of us are born with a chemical imbalance, yeah. right? It is passed down. And so that is not something that is in your control. It is helpful to go to therapy to have tools to manage Absolutely. it. But the chemical imbalance is not in your control. It is something that is physical mm. that manifests itself through your mental health. But there's like this other part where it's like, <laughs> what is it about human beings that like are so – this is – 2021 we got a lot of science right why like why suffer you know this is something i hear all the time of like would you ever like this idea of like grit and bear it right like why is it grit and bear it i don't have no idea i assumed it was grit you know grit your teeth oh you might be i thought it was grin and bear it that sounds more correct but mine makes more sense doesn't it it? does well it's almost like i'm sorry i know i'm getting off on a tangent (laughs) but um what's that other one that i always thought it was something else uh, we'll play it by ear. What did you think it was? Play it by year. Every year. Like, Wait. I thought that made more sense, right? Like, you're playing it by year? Like, you're playing it by... <laughs> no, still no. Yeah, that what the hell doesn't... does play it by ear mean? Anyway? I actually don't know that either. No. But but year doesn't make sense to me either. We're going to Google, but yeah, if it's grit and barret yes. or grit and barret, we'll figure it out. Whatever it is. but Right, but we have this ongoing thing of, like... I mean, like, oh, like, because I'm here or something. Like, it's, like, some weird self-fucking-deprecating, like, like, you, like, suffering thing. Well, it's, like, you're strong if you can push through this and yeah. not... and, like, I don't understand. Our suffering and shaming does not serve the world. No, and does not... <laughs> it, it does not serve us at no, all. right? I wonder if, you know, if you just think about just, like, the generational, like, transmission of this where... There, you know, if you look at it like our parents' generation, yeah. for example, it was this idea of like, you know, just like shut up and get through it, right? Like don't don't acknowledge any of your emotions. Just mm-hmm. push through. You are strong if you can push through this and just like shove all your emotions down. <laughs> and so I think, you know, along with destigmatizing mental health yeah. and going to therapy comes the destigmatization of taking medication for Mm -hmm. mental health yeah because you don't have to suffer just as you're saying and you don't get a medal if you're suffering through something but i think that's an i the kind of the idea that we have is like okay if i can get through this without medication then like i'm doing something great i think really you're like torturing yourself it is but and it's also like a false sense of control right here is something i can control if i do all these things and it's one of those like reminders which is like a lot of times shit is out of our control yes so there's a few things to think about right which is if you had a shitty experience that doesn't mean every experience is gonna be shitty same for therapy same for meds same with fucking dating same you know whatever yes um and how important it is to find teams and providers who will work with you to find the exact right match if that's what feels right for you. People you feel comfortable with. People, doctors, and therapists together. Therapists, doctors, ones who are able to communicate with one another. Yeah, ask, it yeah is, ask, you can ask them to work collaboratively and connect. You can always sign a release of information. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people talk about is that it is – have very helpful to have your therapist collaborate with your doctors or collaborate with your psychiatrist. Else, yeah. 
therapists can collaborate with doctors. Like, it's helpful to have a team that's talking to each mm-hmm. other. All you have to do is say, I'd like to sign a release of information, an ROI, for you to speak to my general practitioner. It's super easy. All therapists are able to do that. It's collaboration. It's work. It's It makes sense. And sometimes you have to advocate for that. Yes. And I think that's what's tough is that we don't, you know, a lot of people don't know that they can do that. So advocate for that. If you have a therapist and you're going to a doctor, you're thinking about trying medication, advocate for them speaking to each other. Mm-hmm. Ask them to speak to each other. For you to have a team that's communicating, talking about your health that you feel like you can talk to and go to and communicate with as well. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot easier when maybe you are trying medication and the side effects are bad and you need to try something else because your therapist can help you recognize what is helping, what's working, what's not working, Mm -hmm. and can talk to help you talk to your doctor about that. Another thing that you're able to do if you're interested in going down this path, but very concerned about the side effects, very concerned about finding the right match, especially if you have suicidal ideation is that there are these genetic tests you can do, right? Which, hey, man, you can get genetic tests for anything these it's days. It's amazing. Right? You I can, can get fit. genetic tests for your dogs. I mean, I can find out where my ancestors was. I can find out if I'm allergic to gluten, and I can find out if I'm going to kill myself on a med. I mean, how fabulous. That's incredible. <laughs> have you ever done that? I have not. I haven't I done genocide. So I will say there's mixed reviews, and there's criticism towards it, mm-hmm. and I think there's some mixed data on the efficacy of it. Right. So that's going to keep in mind. Now, there's a ton of GPs and a ton of psychiatrists and psych NPs who are all about these different DNA tests like GenCite that really love them. Mm-hmm. And that's something important to talk to your specific doctor about. But if you're someone who would really feel a lot more comfortable going in with something like that where there's absolutely nothing wrong, whatever makes you feel more comfortable in the situation, then you can ask your doctor, hey, do you guys provide the GenCite uh, DNA testing um, for SSIs and SSRIs? Right. Right. And listen, this, just like therapy, this is a process. It is a process to find the right med sometimes. Yeah, it is. And sometimes that can be exhausting. And But it's, that's the same for anything. anything. If you're on migraine meds, if you're having, like, you know, something with PCOS, I mean, there's a lot of times you have to try different things. And yes, it sucks. It's exhausting. Let's not deny how fucking frustrating it can yes. absolutely be. And I think... I hear this a lot. One of the things now, keep in mind, I specialize in postpartum and women. So I, of course, hear it after childbirth very often. But I cannot tell you the amount of times where I have had someone who was so concerned about going on meds, right? So worried, well, what about breastfeeding? What about blah, 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 blah. I don't want to be disconnected. I don't want to be numbed out. And then, like, literally, because there was such a chemical imbalance with the hormones, um, within 72 hours, they're like, oh, my God. I feel completely fucking different. Right. Like the relief that they feel is like the most beautiful gift I could ever imagine giving yourself. And that's, that is what it is. Like you are giving yourself a gift as opposed to saying, I need to suffer through this. I am going to give this to myself. I am nurturing myself. And medication is a way to do that. And like, yeah, like why, I don't know, it's just such an interesting thing, I think, that goes so much deeper about, like, why we need to suffer. I know. Well, I think I think it's part of, I think part of the reason why we grow, right, is that mm-hmm. we, we sometimes put ourselves through suffering or we challenge ourselves in certain ways. Like, I think there might be a survival mechanism to it is, like, if we challenge ourselves enough, then we'll know how to grow. But there's a point where it's not helpful, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that point's pretty... (laughs) 
pretty low. <laughs> It's like, it's like a low threshold for like, is that helpful we're, well, at all? We're, we're also in the business of helping people not suffer. We helping were, people we're learn. We're in the business of, of compassion. Of compassion. compassion helping people learn how to not suffer. How to not put themselves through unnecessary suffering. Yeah. Um, and I think it is. I think it's it's something that is perpetuated in our society. Yeah. Of, well, and also that the idea that meds are going to be the end all be all, right? So, like, even so if, that's like the flip side so of that it. So, the flip side is this is that, like, the meds aren't going to do everything. If you're in a shitty marriage, Zoloft doesn't help that. If you're help for a little because you if just your mom, won't be If your mom is a fucking asshole, Lamictal doesn't do it, right? Like, so, like, it might help you handle those things. Yes. But at the day, you know, it's not going to help pay your student loans. But I think that that can also give you some information, right? So, like, yeah. if you start taking meds and you're like, okay, I, it's helped a little bit, but I'm still I'm still struggling with this. I still hate work every single day. Right. My maybe, mother's still driving me absolutely crazy. Maybe that's <laughs> a larger systems change, right? That like this is not a cure-all and it's not going to make your life better. And once again, it's this idea of the magical thinking. Once I weigh a certain amount, I'll be this. Once I have got to have the marriage, I'll do this. Once I'm on the meds, I'll do this. That is magical thinking. It is not real meds might help you cope coping skills help you cope going to therapy might help you but at the end of the day if you go back home to the shitty same situation that the whole system has not adapted and it has not changed you're still going to be having some of these same thoughts and feelings i think too something that we should note is that and i think that this might be hard to kind of grasp for a lot of people is that taking care of your mental health is a never-ending journey. <laughs> How disappointing is that? Like, Emily and I are both therapists. <laughs> we do our own work in therapy. It is still a never-ending journey for us, but we know that. We right? suffer every week. Suffer every week. But I think a lot of the times people go to therapy and they're like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to get these specific tools. And once I get these spe- specific tools, I'm going to be good to go. Yeah. And I won't have to work on my mental health because it'll Ever. just come naturally. Yes, yeah. But the goal, more so, is to make practicing taking care of your mental health like part of your everyday practice throughout your entire life. So if you're someone who's very solution-focused, this is going to be very upsetting to me. And we are sorry to break this news. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair. But when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, 
pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrinkchicks. Say goodbye to the cheap razor era, my friends. It's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with Athena Club. Em and I just got back from an amazing trip to the Caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice, the therapy group. And in haste of packing, because yours truly is a packing procrastinator, I forgot my Athena Club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth. A mistake I will never make again. The Athena Club hype is real. The shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. And well, like, but it makes me think of like something else too, which is, you know, when we think that there's an end all be all, it's it's this idea that like if nothing changes nothing changes right so like we had an option which is like keep doing the podcast we were doing and feeling resentful and feeling upset or you and I have a conversation last week and say you know what let's go back to the beginning we're going to do a shorter episode we're just going to be the two of us we're just going to talk the way we are it's going to be less structured and we decided to change something yeah it felt right and it felt right and it felt a little bit uncomfortable yeah it felt a little bit uncomfortable because we didn't do listener questions. And so then it's like this thing, like, am I upsetting other people, right? So, like, anytime you shift a change, it could upset someone potentially. It could be difficult. People have opinions about it. But here's a disclaimer. You don't have to tell fucking anyone. <laughs> we didn't tell anyone. We didn't post a thing saying we're not going to do this. We're going to do this. We just did it. Same thing. If you decide you want to go to therapy or go on meds, you don't have to ask the fucking peanut gallery. That is about you. That is your... It's your decision. You get to make that decision. You don't have to talk to a soul about it, or you can. And it goes back to the thing we've talked about many times before, the difference between privacy and secrecy. It is not a secret to have private health information. Right? Like, 
And I think it's so true. We get all, uh, so often before we make a behavior change, we get a million opinions. Yes. And we ask for a million opinions. Because we want someone to co-sign. We want someone to say the thing that's going to give us permission. It's going to give us relief. And a lot of times that is just simply not external. You have to provide that to yourself. Same thing with stopping seeing a therapist or stopping a med, right? Like it's about your own thing. And the other thing is usually the opinions we're getting are not professional. Right. <laughs> well, also, and they're based on, on because they're not professional, right? Like, they're based on that person's own mm-hmm. experience, which might be very different than your experience. Well, it's not research-based. There's no, right. there's nothing to it, right? I can sit here and tell so you I, research-based items. Right. But guess what? Susie next door probably doesn't. She probably just knows Susie. about the time she took uh, she took Alexa Pro and she had no sex drive for a year. Right. And, and Alexa Pro might affect you very differently. It and probably so, kill your sex drive. Right. <laughs> Alexa Pro. Might have the same effect. <laughs> yeah. Consult a doctor. We're not doctors. <laughs> yes. Neither here nor there. Also, what do, what do people mean when they say that? Neither here nor there? Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to, I feel like we need to do a whole episode on sayings. The next guest will just have to be an English teacher. Please. <laughs> Please. We I need, so, need something. No, but I think, you know, like we, for this, when, when me and you talked last week and we were like, let's go back to the basics, is that we had to hit a point where we're, we were both understanding that there was something that felt off for each of us. And but the only we, way we triggered each other, yeah, that's how we know. We were like we're both feeling. I saw it. Oh, you yes. shut down, right? I was so shut. Down. I saw you shut down. I started mm-hmm. getting irritable, yeah. and it was like, oh no, no, this is not working, right? And once again, I turned like, into like a mute, where like I'm like, <laughs> no, no, it's just a turtle shell. I'm not speaking. Yes, yeah, and, and I'm and just I could looking tell. around. And we could both tell yeah. last week after that day of recording that like this was not working. And so we had an option, which was Jen could shut down completely from me and I could get really mad at her, mm-hmm. or we could have a really hard conversation. And the fact of the matter is, when we had the hard conversation, we both were feeling the same fucking thing. Yeah. And we were like, you know, we like, you know, you're worried about upsetting someone else. And often other people are like feeling the same amount of distress as you. Well, I think a good thing is that like we know each other so, so well. well. And I think that's another thing is like a lot of times people don't really know what you're going through right so like they see your highlight reels or you know you meet them in between to like catch up at brunch but so then when you ask them for advice or perspective of something they're considering from your highlight reels so it's like what you don't need meds yes even if you are suffering so much like oh my god you're really going to go to therapy and that could be very invalidating even if it's from your romantic partner even if it's with someone you live with it feels like fucking validating absolutely and you know i i think you know when when our friends are saying that it's coming from a place of okay i want to normalize it right we want to normalize it or or we want to we don't want you to feel bad like Mm -hmm. that there's there's such a stigma about taking care of your mental health that i even feel it sometimes even as a therapist like saying out loud, oh, my therapy session, or I, like mm-hmm. to people who aren't in the therapy. And then in my mind, I, st- I say it because I'm like, oh, that's the stigma that yeah. like comes up for me. Yes. And it's just so interesting that that's still, because I was always taught growing up, even though I went to therapy, that it was something you don't talk about, mm-hmm. or it was almost like a punishment in some way. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. But we hear parents say this all the time. If you don't behave, you're, I'm going to send you to therapy. I'm going to send you to therapy. Stop using that. And same thing in couples. Stop threatening your partner with, if we can't make this work, we're going to go to therapy. Not that yeah, I've like, ever done this before. No, no we're not that speaking doesn't from feel, a, <laughs> that doesn't feel familiar. Not at all. Don't use therapy. But, but, <laughs> 
I think there's a way. <laughs> well, actually, got to go back home okay. and have a new conversation. <laughs> but no, it's true. Okay, so I had therapy yesterday. Yes. And I texted you right afterwards. And my therapist, I like was, you know, just talking about the ongoing pressure of feeling like it has to seem like we have it all together because of this job and profession and how insanely difficult that can be to hold so much of other people's pain, have our own situation in pain and feel like you need to like really look very functioning and very much. And my therapist said something that was really important that I needed to hear again, which is what we believe about this show, which is that people are not coming to you for your degree. They're coming to you for your humanity. It's beautiful. At the end of the day, we just want to feel another human. If I wanted you just for your degree, you know what I mean? Like, has anyone ever asked you where you went to school? Never. I can't ever think of a time. No, well, I we, don't and, think. And we, you know how. We don't um, even have our diplomas I was up on the just going to say that. But mine's, yeah. I don't mine's like in a drawer I think, somewhere. I'm sure mine's storage somewhere. Well, it's just, I, I also think that's an old world way of doing just therapy. All coming diplomas, from this yeah. like one up position of like, I'm an expert and you're coming to me because I'm an expert. Mm-hmm. But what we have learned and what we preach constantly is that the healing in therapy comes from the connection that you have with your therapist. Yeah. Theories are important. Being able to, it's, you know, it's talks, art and education it's together. It's art and education. And so, but if you don't connect with your therapist, you are not going to make any progress yeah so it doesn't matter so so you were saying about your therapist and i think i interrupted you oh that it's the humanity yeah, the, yeah she that she said to me it's the humanity and she like told me like, like this really great story that i thought was really important for me to hear um about her own disclosure of like how much she was struggling at the beginning of the pandemic um i wonder i never asked her if i could talk about this <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. She'll love it. Uh, Does she um, listen to the podcast? I don't. I fucking don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think I've actually ever mentioned the name of the podcast. Nothing's ever come up. Yeah, I don't talk about the podcast in therapy either. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. I'm not sure because I. I think. I think <laughs> we have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, we have, I have bigger <laughs> things to talk about. Also, I don't know if I want. I mean, I think I don't know if I would want her to listen to the podcast. Why? What would that change for you? Because I want her to hear what I'm saying, oh, not, and not like see you that way. Yeah, or I just like take it. I want I want her to hear what I'm saying to room. her, mm-hmm. as opposed to which I think is common for clients, right? Like we well, don't. I mean, we wouldn't Google our exactly. Clients. We wouldn't. We like, don't Google our clients. We for that specific reason, mm-hmm. and we've we have learned that that that's that's not helpful for our clients for us to develop a different perspective of them now, than what they're presenting because that's what if matters. If a client came in and was like, oh, I wrote this poem and it would really mean a lot for you to read it, that is something we'd 100% do. Absolutely. But we're not going to do anything else. Like what you come into the room is like how we're going to see you. I think that's an important thing to let people know is that like we don't look our clients up for- Do you think people think that? 100%. Oh no, we don't look you up. That would be weird for us. Would you ever think that your therapist would look you up? As a therapist- Right, like as a therapist going to another therapist. Do I think that my therapist? No, I do not think my therapist care, would care. If you knew my therapist, you would understand she would not give a fuck to do that. Um, no, but I found I think it's hard for us because um, well, yours is different. We know so many people. Like literally, one of our clinicians came to us today and was like, "Who do you guys go to therapy? I can't find anyone I don't know." That's what's hard. And so it's really difficult to find a therapist 
as a therapist. Also, like, referring any of your family members to a therapist. Real fucking difficult. Because it also has to be someone you don't know. Yes, it's very, it's very confusing. Very confusing. So, uh, no, I do not think my therapist has literally ever thought to. But I found my therapist was recommended to me from my supervisor. Right. And you have to, you have to find someone who knows someone. That's, yeah. That's the only option. I have no idea what this was about. Same. Even how hard as a therapist it is to find a good therapist. You know, like, it's not like we don't have some secret fucking magical thing. We have to do the same damn thing, which is, like, search on the internet and find a good match. It's exhausting, too. We just talked about, like, we've gone through so many different therapists. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If we're being honest. I mean... I mean, like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've, like, ghosted therapists before. Like, I've done not ideal client behavior. I know. And then when it happens to us, I'm like, it's karma. (laughs) It's karma. It's coming right back to me. Right back to me. Because when I was 21, I no-showed that therapist and didn't pay the fee. Total karma. (laughs) It's before credit cards were on file. Um, Oh, God. Makes it so much more difficult. So, I don't know. I guess... The whole point of this fucking episode is nothing changes if nothing changes. And a lot of times we're so scared to do something different and what that's going to mean, whether that's meds, whether that's therapy. And I don't know, there's something to saying to yourself, you deserve peace. Yes. Whether that is going on meds, whether that's going to therapy, whether that's keeping this completely private, that you deserve, especially in the absolute mind fuck that has been the last year and a half you deserve some goddamn clarity absolutely and for anyone who says to you oh don't go on meds i don't want you on meds or like you don't don't go to therapy i mean i've heard quite a few people that their partners yes have brought it up because like, there's a the fear reason. that 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 some it's going to affect their partner in well some and i think way. there's a fear for a lot of us especially for very creative people um Remember that time we went to the Barnes? Were you there? We went to the Barnes exhibit and it was about all mental health and all the artists. I've definitely been to the Barnes. I think you were with me. Was I? It must have been like a decade ago. <laughs> I, I think it was. And there was like this exhibit on like mental health and artists. And it was like talking about how like Van Gogh was I like, had to have gotten was like, yeah, like was 100% in this day and age be diagnosed as bipolar. And like how there's just like, there is like a big stigma of going on meds when you're artistic and creative and this it's fear of being you. numbed out. This fear of like, am I going to lose myself? Especially for people that are bipolar and really like their manic episodes because they're highly productive and they feel great. And, and, and there's a feel like, like, if I give that up, do I lose this huge part of myself? Who am I? And that's something that's, like, really important to process with a lot of space about, well, like, I, if that fear. And I think, too, you know, like, if you just think about art, whatever art it is, that you – art can be a a way of coping with some really deep difficult emotions where you're basically pouring the emotions out in your artwork and it can create something like very beautiful that connects to other people and so I think that's a very valid fear that like what happens when I'm not experiencing these high highs or these low lows and how will that affect the way in which I'm expressing myself through my art um, and art can be anything, right? Whether it's like yeah. singing or painting or I don't know what else do people <laughs> Those do. Those are two artistic. arts. That's it. Those are two <laughs> macrame, Jen. <laughs> and listen, my macrame. You you are so talented. I stopped immediately. <laughs> I did that's such thing. that's such an ADHD thing so to bad. do, right? I mean, that's like another thing to talk about right now of like. The amount of people that are diagnosing themselves with ADHD due to TikTok. So true. Right? Which is, hey, I think that, one, ADHD is often 
overdiagnosing children and underdiagnosing adults. Absolutely. And so there's a big thing now where a lot of people are watching this and it's like, holy fucking shit, I think I'm a little bit neurodivergent. I like yes. my brain works a little bit differently, which is totally cool, which is totally great. And then it's like, well, do I go take a med for this? Right. And that's a really hard one, especially because meds for ADHD are stimulants, which is also an appetite suppressant. Yes. And so then there's this and a controlled substance exactly there's a lot of complex things to go into this and so yeah there's not one right way to do this but we wanted to just basically have an episode that was a psa to destigmatize yeah taking medication i take my meds every day You've tried meds before. I've tried meds. I've had negative experiences and now And I, I had a negative experience, yeah. I had negative experiences and so I was really scared to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The other thing I just remembered as we're sitting here having this conversation, which I didn't even think about before, was I've talked a lot about what my experience was with childbirth and my weight mm-hmm. and like how difficult that was. Yes. And just with like ongoing weight bias within the medical community. And I now remember, I so I went on Zola for postpartum depression um, and postpartum anxiety. And I remember, like, when I had asked, like, okay, well, what's the side effects of Zola, blah, blah, blah. And she was, and the doctor said to me, oh, well, your appetite's going to be, you're going to have more of an appetite, but don't worry, you'll lose those calories in breastfeeding. No. As if that, that mattered more to me weighing more as opposed to, like, feeling some type of connection to my child and not wanting to die. Well, also... You just asked about the side effects. That was the first one, and the, and the only one and that the she even brought up. The only one and, that she brought up, and I cannot tell you how often that's people's biggest concerns yep. because of meds is weight. And so that's something to really think about. If that's your biggest concern, and this med works for you and makes you happy, and that's the biggest and changes thing, your entire perspective. You're gonna need to look. Life. You're gonna need to look a little bit deeper. You're gonna challenge. But that that is a way the conjunction of therapy and medication can Cons- be really yes. helpful. Where you can bring that to your therapist and say, "Listen, I understand that medication might be really helpful. These are my fears. Let's talk through this." Yes, absolutely. Right. Have space for that. And have space for that because. You're also allowed to – another reason why this episode might be really helpful, we hope would be helpful, is that if this is bringing up anything for you where you're like, okay, maybe medication would be helpful, but I'm fearful of this, this, and this, bring that into therapy to talk about Mm -hmm. because even though you might be hearing this episode, it doesn't necessarily mean you're immediately ready to take medication. Absolutely, yeah. There's – it's a journey. It's a process. Like, you can process all of those fears with a therapist. And if you go to your – let's say you want to do your GP because it's easier and a lot of people choose to do that, right? Let's say you go to your GP and you feel, one, they're not comfortable. They're not comfortable prescribing psychiatric medication or they give you pushback. Then I guess it's time to find someone else and find a different method. And there's a million different ways. And even if you go, once again, on psychologytoday.com, they should fucking sponsor us. Go on psychologytoday.com. You can put in psychiatrists and psych NPs that tend to be a little bit less expensive, but they are expensive. It's out of pocket. Yeah. So that's it. But we're going to do personal versus professional. I'm ready. Oh, do you have one? I have one, yeah. Oh, good. Okay, thank God. So if you are... An OG listener from season one at the beginning. And, and we, you would listen to the entire episode. Say, we used to do personal versus professional. And so we're going to ask a question. We're going to talk about how we would handle it personally and then professionally. Okay. Okay. So you're, you are thinking about personal versus professional, Jen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, you are thinking about going on meds. Uh-huh. And your partner brings up the idea of low sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Personal versus professional. 
What do you do? Okay, wait. I'm sorry. I forget personal versus professional. Is professional like I'm the therapist telling a client? Yes. What okay. To do, yeah. Okay. And then and then per- personal is like what would you actually do if you weren't saying the right therapist response? Okay. So should I start with personal? Because that's the first thing that comes yes, to mind. Yes, yes, then do that. Okay. So personal, I think I would say, listen, I understand why you would feel that way, but it's something that is going to be helpful for me in so many other ways. Your personal is so appropriate. I know. Wow. I really think – I've really been would. working on my communication. Yeah, that would be really good. And, um, I mean, I think it also depends how they would bring it up, right? Like if they're like free yeah. – if, if my partner's what like, if he, okay so let's say your partner has a big emotional reaction and they're like fuck that then you're never gonna fuck me again now tell me your answer that's, that's a little easier right if they're bringing it up to me and i think i'd probably be reactive back and be like that's the most important thing to you <laughs> <laughs> not my mental health like that would probably be okay my good you shame them back into it right and then we probably separate for a little bit which i suggest and then come back together and be like listen okay then it's the calm then we come okay. back together all right, right? It's like the initial, okay so professional would probably be the way that i'm describing <laughs> <Same>. it right <laughs> to be able to say hey you know like this is how you would talk to your partner about it my mental health is really important mm-hmm. it's the most important thing you know it's the thing that's affecting everything in my life okay um i understand why that would be a fear for you it's something we can continually communicate about as i'm trying these different medications okay so i have another one and i'll answer it for myself okay because yeah, i just thought of it that i thought was it because i think it's good to hear different sometimes it's good to hear a script yes so let's say you go into your doctor yep and ask for meds and they really what you feel like is shame you oh how would they shame you that's so that let's is, say they say oof. uh have you tried working out have you tried just going out in the sun that's like that i mean you know that's a real thing that, can, that happens to people all the time yes have you considered taking walks daily have you considered <laughs> losing weight <laughs> right these are like all things that are said to yes. people so personally five years ago it would have shut down yeah D- emily today would go find a new fucking doctor I think that's incredible. <laughs> professionally, professionally yes. what would you say? Professionally, my recommendation would be one to advocate for yourself and say, I then I would like it noted in my chart that you are unwilling to prescribe me meds I am requesting. Oh God, that's good. And recommending weight management. Like I like ask for them to write it down on their own records and say that I guess that we're not a good fit together if if this is gonna be an indicator. God, that's good. You know, immediately the doctor's going to be like, oh, no. I'll look yeah, this guy, yeah. But yeah. Uh-huh, of course, right? <laughs> and that's it. And that was the episode. That was it. We said 30 minutes. We're a little bit over. 38. I think we did it. Hey, glad to be back. If you think this episode would be helpful for someone you know, someone you love, send it on over to them. If you have any questions, DM reach us. out to us. We're we here. love you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. 